everybody. Welcome back to Cut to Frills. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Amishi. And today we are super excited to continue our vaccine podcast. Um, today we will be interviewing a doctor uh, to get a little bit more of a professional perspective on vaccines and the COVID-19 one specifically. So this is um, Dr. Sunita Sampat. Without further ado, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, Amishi. Elizabeth. Hi, everyone. Uh, uh, such a pleasure and honor to be uh, talking to you all. I'm Dr. Sunita Sampat. I work as a primary care physician. Uh, I take care of adults in an outpatient setting. Uh, in addition to taking care of acute illnesses like cough, cold, flu, and now COVID, a large part of my role as a primary care physician is to promote health of my patients, like counseling them on diet, exercise, cancer screenings, and vaccinations. So, Dr. Sampath, what's your degree in? Where did you study? Uh, I did my early medical uh, school training, MBBS and MD in India. And then I trained as an internal medicine physician at UAMS, Arkansas. And now I've been working for the last four years in the Bay Area as a primary care physician. You mentioned that you have been working with COVID vaccines. Can you tell us like how how it's like impacted how you care for your patients and kind of your personal experiences? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the COVID care has been ever changing, <laughs> minute by minute, day by day. Uh, early in the pandemic, about a year ago, it started off with just getting to know about this new disease, uh, educating my patients uh, about the social distancing, identifying the ones who are at highest risk and getting them tested, um, advising on safe precautions. If they were diagnosed with COVID-19 to have follow-up virtual appointments, which was uh, becoming new, at that time, uh, setting up video appointments with them, checking them online, uh, uh, reassuring them, identifying if they were developing any serious symptoms like uh, a difficulty breathing and guiding them to go to the emergency department for further evaluation uh, or hospitalization if necessary. And as the uh, COVID scenario has been changing. Now, a large part of uh, our role has been in uh, promoting uh, the uptake of vaccinations of my patients. They have uh, tons and tons of doubts, just like what you do. Um, you mentioned a lot of people have doubts about the vaccines, and I think it's really important that people understand like how the vaccines work so they know exactly what's going to your uh, their body. So could you kind of describe like how the COVID-19 vaccine works with like the new mRNA technology? So all the vaccines train your immune system on how to recognize the virus. The only thing that is different is the training mechanism. The vaccines use either inactivated virus, a part of the virus or something which to our immune system looks like the virus to stimulate the antibody response. And specifically in COVID, to the spike protein. The COVID virus has the spike protein, which is what it uses to attach and penetrate into the cell, thereby causing infection. A messenger RNA virus is like providing the body 
uh, pulley system uh, mugshot photo of the spike protein so that it's able to recognize and deal with the suspect, the real COVID effectively when it, if it indeed encounters it in the future. So talking about how COVID vaccines relate to you and how it works, um, I know that a lot of people I know have gotten the COVID vaccine and even I got my second dose yesterday of the COVID vaccine. So um, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was wondering why do certain people react the way they do after they get a vaccine? I would want to start off by calling these side effects as expected effects. It's normal for patients to have soreness in the arm, swelling or rash in the local area, and sometimes even lymph nodes on the same side of the armpit, flu-like symptoms, mild fever, fatigue. All of this is a sign of your immune system being stimulated. And everybody's immune system and immune response is slightly different from each other. But what we know is that irrespective of whether you get these side effects or not, or what type of side effects you get, these vaccines have been proven to be effective. And that's the most important. Yeah, so my sister, she actually got the vaccine um, and she got like hives after. So um, it's good to know that it's kind of expected and that just the way her immune system responds to like a foreigner, I guess. Um, yes. The vaccine. Yes, it is. What you need to watch out is if you are, these symptoms are persisting beyond a, a three to four day window, if you develop any new symptoms out of this window, then I would recommend that you reach out to your doctor or to the place where you got the vaccination so that they note these effects down and it's reported properly. Talking about side effects, you know, it's been in the news lately that the Johnson & Johnson vaccine has been recalled because of it, it might it might like cause blood clots. Um, and my parents actually like they've been waiting to get the Pfizer one, which they've gotten the first dose instead of the Johnson & Johnson one because of like the efficacy rates and of the side effects. So what are your opinions on some people feeling that there's a quote unquote better or worse vaccine? It's normal for everybody to have their own preference uh, and biases. Uh, all these three vaccines, Pfizer, Moderna, and Janssen, have been tested at different times, different places, uh, during different curves of the pandemic. So you really can't compare the 94, 95% efficacy of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine, which was done entirely in the U.S., during the summer, when the infections rate was slightly low, when compared to the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which was done in South America, sorry, uh, uh, Brazil and South Africa, uh, during uh, fall and uh, winter, when the infections rates was really high, during that time, the uh, control and the participants had increased chances of getting the COVID infection too. And this was done during time when new variants and strains were also emerging. So you really can't make a head-on-head -head comparison between these two calling one superior than the other. But what is important is not um, which of these infections, sorry, which of these vaccines will uh, prevent you from getting any COVID infection. The most important question is which one of 
these vaccines will keep you alive, which one of these vaccines will keep you out of the hospital. And for this, all these three vaccines have been 100% efficacious. Nobody in any of these vaccine groups who received the vaccine, there has been zero reported death or zero hospitalization related to COVID. Wait, so I'm just gonna, um, like talking about the hospitalization, I'm gonna kind of veer off topic and talk <laughs> a little bit about India. Um, right now, India is like growing, like with COVID everywhere, like they have now the highest number of cases and people are like running out of oxygen in the hospitals. What What do you think of that? Like, I know that some of my relatives, they got the COVID vaccine and then they got COVID after that. So what do you think is happening there? What is happening there in India is sad. It's very sad. Uh, it's upsetting for me to, to uh, watch it. Um, as of yesterday, there were 300,000 new cases a day. Uh, staggering numbers. There are a few facts which I wanted to clarify before uh, uh, commenting on the situation. One, it takes about two full weeks after you have received both your vaccinations or after you have received one of your Johnson & Johnson vaccine before you get full immunity. Two, uh, COVID infection is, it is still possible for you to get a COVID infection after the COVID vaccine. What we, it, yes, it will be ideal to have a 100% efficacy in preventing all COVID infections. But what we are specifically trying to look at is, is it preventing hospitalization? Is it preventing death? Uh, so it is possible that your uh, relative uh, could have gotten uh, a, the COVID infection before this two-week window, or they might have only been partially immunized. But the good thing is that because they have gotten vaccinated, it likely is saving them from getting hospitalized or dying from the COVID infection. So how much of the population do you think needs to get vaccinated um, in order for like herd immunity and in order for life to go back to normal? Uh, experts think that at least 60 to 70 percent of the population in the com uh, community needs to be immune before we can really break the chain of transmission. Uh, the current status is in the U.S. about 25 percent of us are fully vaccinated, 40 percent of us are partially vaccinated. Uh, so it's in a, in a couple of months, we hope to get that level where we can really break the chain of transmission. The good news for now is that uh, if you uh, are vaccinated and uh, uh, Ameshi, like in two weeks from now, once you will be considered fully vaccinated, um, then it is completely okay for you to uh, meet indoors with your friend without a mask if he or she is fully vaccinated or visit family or friends without a mask indoors. If those family members are not at a risk for severe illness, you can travel domestically without pre or post travel test or without quarantine, or you do not have to quarantine yourself if you come in contact with somebody with COVID-19, unless you develop symptoms. So you said that 
someone like Amishi, who's already fully vaccinated, if she waits two weeks so that, like, the vaccine's full effects can take place, she can meet with other people who are also fully vaccinated indoors without a mask. But that would still mean that she would be at risk for getting COVID-19. It would just make sure that it wouldn't, the disease wouldn't become so severe that she would have to be hospitalized, correct? Uh, yes, that is true in a sense. Uh, but with the preliminary data, actually the results are much more promising than that. Uh, we see that in early reports of uh, Israel where they had uh, very good vaccination uptake and also among uh uh, studies among healthcare workers and frontline workers who were vaccinated early in the pandemic, the real-world efficacy of these vaccines is close to 90%. And that 90% means like 90% chance of not getting the disease, right? That's right. What parting advice would you like to give people listening about the vaccines and COVID-19 in general? The best vaccine for you right now is the one that is being offered to you. With every shot that goes into someone's arm, we are getting closer to the end of the pandemic. So please do your part. Get your vaccine for yourself and our community. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much for being our guest today. I really enjoyed this conversation. All right. And to our listeners, thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed a lot. Um, from our conversation with Dr. Sempath. And those are all the frills we're going to be cutting on vaccines today. Thank you for listening and see you next time.